and warm them up first. Send a basket of pears to Marshall Fields. The one thing Dan likes is a nice pear. <laughs> this guy. Oh. Can I uh, add melons to that? <laughs> melons. And uh, coconuts? Yeah, can I get yams? Hey, find your own joke, shorty. The booby bit is mine. I would uh, like to add some cans of milk. <laughs> yeah, and some <laughs> jugs. Of cream? <laughs> That's it, Pally. You just ordered yourself up a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> this is the Extra Hot Grade Podcast, episode 65 for the week of April 6, 2015. I am sexy garbage alley David T. Cole, and I'm here with five martini lunch, Sarah D. Bunting. Listen, listen, listen. I love you guys. Accordion virtuoso, Tara Ariano. Quit looking at my squeeze box. My eyes are up here. And Hershey's aficionado, John Ramos. I'll never grow a mustache. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's so nice for me to be back. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And uh, we are joined by our esteemed colleague and Mad Men expert, John Ramos. John, welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, John. Thank you. Hello, everyone. John, uh, uh, I just want to say, just before Tara gets it, uh, before Sarah gets into it, that um, I'm going to be pressuring you all through this episode <laughs> to uh, reinstate the promo prognostication feature <laughs> for Mad Men. Just so you know, so you're aware. Okay. All right. All right. I, I will take that under advisement. All right. Speaking of things that are oft repeated, uh, the same phrase doesn't pay is still in effect. So keep an ear out, mm-hmm. keep guessing yep. in uh, the episode thread in our forums. What is this, and week three? This is week three, yes. All right. All right. So, Mad Men, um, if I may, mm-hmm. I'd like to begin with uh, the completely sincere but also very dry comment voiced by my husband immediately after the episode ended to wit, and I quote, Traditionally, scenes have a beginning, a middle, and an end. (laughs) Anyone else have any thoughts on that? Because I really couldn't argue with... Like, he was sincerely baffled that he's like, the Don scenes. What? I mean, they just ended ended in the middle of something? Just the shapeless, pointless meanderness of them. I was a little bit nonplussed by the... the, um, audition scenes and where that was going and and what exactly was going on i realized the first one was a bit of a setup for the audience but after that i'm like uh, uh-huh. but uh what uh, did he uh did dan uh your husband did he uh um uh further uh pontificate on this <laughs> uh no he just wondered i mean he hasn't been watching it all along mm-hmm. right uh so he is He's like, is this sort of a hallmark of the show that it's this uh, sort of self-regarding and slow? And I said, well, it it wasn't always. (laughs) And it's not always it's not true in all the scenes. Um, And then he wondered if it was just him or if waitresses wouldn't really talk like that. And I said, it's not just you. Um, Well, waitresses that read John Dos Passos while they're working might. I guess. I don't know. 
I don't either. I hate that any. actress. So I was throughout all oh, her scenes. I was too. like, this bitch, so irrational. <laughs> Sorry, Elizabeth Reezer, but you know what you did? She doesn't know. Even I don't know. I just don't like her. John, what did Fine. you think? Uh, of Elizabeth Reezer or just generally? No, in general. <laughs> well, I have thoughts on both. Um, I would say I, I, I saw on Twitter, and I, I registered this too, that the, the episode had a kind of a very dreamlike quality. So I think the shapeling, shapelessness of the scenes might have spoken to that. That's not an excuse. I'm not saying I liked it, but maybe that's a stylistic thing that they were going for. And I would also say that I think going back to probably like, unless you go all the way back to season two, I think the premieres have been the weakest uh, episodes of, of this show. So I wasn't entirely surprised. Uh, the other thing I would say, I think, you know, unless you go all the way back to like season two, I think uh, the premieres have generally been some of the weakest episodes of the show there. Uh, I don't think it's great at getting out of the gate. There seems like it's, it's so much set up and really not much happening. And it's probably a function of it, you know, time jumping every, every season. And there's so much, uh, there's so much table setting to do, but I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I found it slow and kind of shapeless and uh, th- there was some interesting. It was mostly the Don yeah. scenes though, that I had a problem with that. And, Honestly, the whole like Joan has to, you know, face sexism and comments about her boobs. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I liked the fight they had. I thought that was interesting. But I just feel like we're g- going back over this ground again. Like, yeah, now I she's mad. I don't know if the if the idea if the thing at the end with her and Peggy is going to be the point of that and they explore it going forward, then maybe it was worthwhile, but I, right. Or maybe, you know, maybe the other theme is that she's too rich to have to do this and she could just quit. That's another possibility, but yeah, that's, I mean, um, you, you said that in your post about it and I thought that was a good point that part of this, the, the table setting of this episode is to show how people's circumstances have changed since the acquisition. And that, that is interesting. Like what do people, what keeps people doing what they're doing if they don't have to like it was also it was echoed in the retirement of uh ken's father-in-law skip ramming as well (laughs) 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 that uh that you know he what is what's important if you have money like you know the wife also mentions like she came from plenty too so you know what did he keep working for did he really love his job what's he gonna do now like that seems to be you know, a, a reasonable place to start for these last seven episodes, or should I say, as the the outro <laughs> did, the countdown. There's only five episodes before the finale. Like, we know. Also, end of an era. <laughs> Are we starting this already? Five episodes to the finale? Okay, but, you know. Well, we can all be very, very thankful that uh, Matt Weiner, being the rich guy he is, continues <laughs> to do the work of writing right. the second part of the last season of an end of an era. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and permitting the tongue slathering promos that started in January for the, I mean, you know, we're not electing a Pope. <laughs> Dial it down. Also, I was immediately annoyed by the title card in memory of Mike Nichols. Like, don't be fucking drafting off a pacing master Padawan. Right. Okay? Also, the beginning is not where those go. They go at the end. That's like, why I was like, yeah, was that, was that, too. did he dedicate the, uh, Previously to him, or was it a weird thing where it was, it was the start of the show? I was like, that's weird, odd. Mm. All right, maybe they didn't talk want about people to say. Maybe they didn't want people to say they dedicated that to him. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. 
or Mike Nichols ghost being like, is that all there is? <laughs> D plus. Mustaches. Mustaches. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Ro- Roger FTW. Wow. <laughs> if that's a, if that's a win, but <laughs> yeah, oh, I retweeted boy. this from uh, danger and- Guerrero last night from our previously dot our, our previously TV Twitter account, but um, the mustache on Roger danger wrote is uh, resetting the karmic balance for Sam Elliott showing up on Justified Clean Shaven. And I have to agree. It's yep. just balancing the scales. In fact, I think it is at Sam Elliott's actual, actual mustache <laughs> from yes. Mask. That's where it went. <laughs> Sam Elliott was sleeping at night. It his mustache. Off his, like, it flapped back and forth like a pair of wings. Yeah. You know, Like a bat. Yeah. <laughs> a lit bat. Landed on John Slattery. That's true. He could, he could, get, air, he could get airborne with that thing, I think. Do we know any animators that can do it that far? <laughs> that would be great. Those were magnificent. Yeah. Not only his, but um, um, what's his Ted's. face? Yeah, Ted, Ted had. Yeah. yeah, he was he was yeah. rocking a pretty good one. Didn't really fit his face, but okay. um, but still, it was uh, that was some '70s stash. And uh, let's not forget, um, we got uh, Stan. Stan. Oh my God, Stan! Stan the animal. All the hair. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like Sasquatch. I mean, it suits With him. An like he it, he can sell it, and I love that guy. And I hope that this. Brian Krakow cul-de-sac doesn't go anywhere because I still ship Peggy and Stan yeah. forever. Sure. I almost didn't recognize Pink Guy. I was like, that sounds like him. His, but His best week ever, as John can attest, since he was, he was in... Ju- he was just on iZombie, or I might not have recognized him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, let's see. Two of the four shows you covered this week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought with Ted's mustache, it was, it was a good choice, too, because he was so sad sacky all last season and this mustache was shorthand for him like okay i'm back i'm having fun again i'm living my life yeah um his double-breasted polyester shit brown jacket speaking of hair though speaking of hair though and coming back to elizabeth reeser i would like to hear from tar ariana wig cop about uh (laughs) (laughs) what she was wearing there yeah you can't really start pulling the wig thread as it were with Mad Men because it's all wigs but (laughs) yeah she doesn't she doesn't look good she i mean i guess that they were trying to make her look like og rachel menken from back in the day and she did but yeah and the little bonnet doesn't help either. It just looks like it's yeah. holding it down. <laughs> I mean, I understand that hairspray was a big thing back there then, but I don't usually get the sense that the well, maybe I do, but this wig just struck me as like you could have picked it up and it wouldn't have moved. Not a oh, strand would have moved. Definitely not. It was it was very very. It homey. was like the prop wig from hairspray. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of that character, can we talk about uh, having sex in a uh, back alley in New York City and how incredibly smelly that would be? Because like there Cause I is, I think it was summer. Like that would have been so. Because there is stink, right? There is a stink of I just walked into a room and I just farted, right? That's one kind of stink. And there is definitely New is York you. City boiled garbage, July tenth. But then there's yeah, but, but then there's the stink of an alley. That has been host to a restaurant's garbage, garbage for years, where there are no straight edges, where the meat, where the like the the building meets the sidewalk, because it's all filled with grime and grossness and grease, and you just never get that out, and it's just like that smell never ever leaves. It could be the dead of winter, it could be the height of summer, and here's these two characters going at it. 
amongst stinky stinkiness and it's got to be all rotten and 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 don drapers is going at it and previously in the episode he had sex on on a, a wine stain that he put a thin blanket over and they're having sex on that the wine stain is going to come through that blanket we had to pause the episode to argue about this and i'm not even joking that dave was like no it's gonna come through it's like he's replacing the rug anyway and dave was like no the blanket like what have you cared about a dirty blanket? Our dog sleeps. But on you're going to be rolling, and your like your your stuff, your junk's going to be all like cold, whiny, and <laughs> come on, it's not right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just wondering if this if this is Don Draper's, you know, like is his new fetish is filth fucking. Well, he's not the only one to do alley sex. I mean, how do you feel if uh, your Roger and Jones kid asking for right. the story of your conception? Yeah, right. true. Yeah. God, yeah, yeah it's a rich mm. tapestry. Mean. <laughs> All right, let's change the subject okay. to something of interest to no one All except right. me. <laughs> Don is DB Cooper Watch 2015. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he could still be DB Cooper. And in the dream sequence, she's like, doesn't she say that he missed, he missed his plane? His yeah. So he should catch another plane and hijack it and jump out of it with money and be db cooper i am equal parts fascinated and impressed by how you're uh, pushing this and 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 incredibly annoyed (laughs) we should have dan on next week and you guys could talk all about that he's not impressed at all i kind of i would like i would like to hear dan's scene study mad men uh, (laughs) that'd be be amazing i really want it to be true for you sarah yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I thought this was. I, I also want to spare a thought. Get back to Ken Cosgrove for a second. Ken has never been awesomer. His mm-hmm. "fuck you" yeah. at the end was so great. You know what? Would have capped it is a little tap dance as he left the. Uh, yeah. Left the office. I feel like that was a shout out for our friend Will Edmondson, whose birthday was yesterday when this episode aired. Ken Cosgrove is and always has been his favorite character. So I feel like that was a gift for Matthew Weiner to Will somehow through time. To, uh, and he really, he really hasn't triumph. had anything to do in a long time on the no, show. Like, I he think, hasn't. You know, all the Chevy stuff was season five, but I think last season he was really spinning his wheels. But if mm-hmm. they kept him around just to be a thorn in Pete and Roger's side, yeah. I am A-plus for that, for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> is this the best secretary Don Draper has ever had? Best in what She is now. Yeah. Yeah, she's getting there. <laughs> well, I mean, for sure. best for him, but I mean, also most functional. I'm I'm worried that if she keeps being uh, so competent, it's going to end with dry humping on his couch in his office. Cause... <laughs> well, I mean, I think she's, you know, she's attractive, but she's not sexy. But, you know, she's actually doing a good job. You know, she did the research for him that he could catch up over the weekend. She like, typed she that label be... all by herself. Yeah. <laughs> she because got him a sandwich. If you do your job and you're sexy, you're sort of that's a bad combo for Don Draper. I mean, it's just the sexy part. Well, you you'll be... end up being wife number. What is mm-hmm. he up to now? Five. Yeah, that'd be four, right? Yeah. If you count Anna, I just want to shout out. I feel like you know she was doing a, she doing a good job, and <laughs> and I feel like you know like if she was like a little prettier, not prettier, sexier than like she would already be in and out of the system, as it were. As it were. <laughs> Yeah, and I give the show a lot of credit for taking a character like that who is all comic relief and mm-hmm. just like kind of letting her develop as a as you know something else. It's a it's nice when a, it's nice when that happens. It's unexpected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other thoughts on the premiere, where it's well, going, or what you want to see, or whatever? What does every What does everyone think? Does is Peggy actually gonna? 
get something going with Brian Krakow here, mm. do we think? I mean, I thought she probably she probably is. I think they're going to explore it, but yeah, uh, she, it she seemed too to open-ended like otherwise. Yeah. But. I mean, I guess having her end up with Stan, as much as I would want it personally, it would be tying things up into need a bow, probably. Well, and I don't think you cast someone like Gummersall necessarily as a one-off, but yeah. Reeser probably was, I hope. And they have done that in the past. Like like that yeah, weird they have. Nev that's Campbell. True. Just once. Yeah. Airplane. Shit. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so we're in 1970, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Tara, where do you want to see this go? In general? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I feel like guessing is a fool's errand because really anything could happen. But I just, I just pray my dear Roger Sterling survives to the finale. <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> Sarah? That's- um. Yeah. DB Co- Cooper. Non-joke <laughs> jokes aside. I mean, we know where I wanted to go, but since right. it won't, I kind of want to see at least like a little snippet of Peggy trying and failing to aeropicize effectively mm-hmm. before the curtain falls on this saga. Sure. But other than that, I also have no idea. I'm terrible at predicting these things. John. Um. Well, I thought since Pete Campbell was the only one who of the partners who still seemed worry about worried about money. I'd like to see him running the agency at the end and everyone else can go off and, you know, into the sunset. Oh, I'd love that. Pete's my favorite character. <laughs> I love Pete so much. He's such a dick. You do love Pete. I kind of feel like he's the best. Uh, Don Draper and like my feelings on uh, Breaking Bad with Walter White are sort of the same where he's on this path, this self-destructive path. And although it seemed it was super obvious with Breaking Bad. You know, obviously there was yeah. one path and he was heading towards it and he's going to be, uh, you know, dead or disappeared at the end of the se- at the end of the series. Don Draper, like he's on this destructive path. He can't get his shit together, but he's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I would like to see him uh, self-destruct right. at the end of the series. I think he deserves it. As well, a what human does being. self-destruction mean for Don at this point? Yeah, but that's the thing. Uh, like, the, what other being out of a is, plane? <laughs> <laughs> what other bottom is there left for him to hit? Really? Well, it would just be like it, for it for it to hit him hard. It would have to be his career that is somehow affected by his everything else and that he does in life, right? Right. Because that's always something he's been good at. It's always something that's been relatively effortless for him. Mm-hmm. But um, if something he does, if is um, uh, actions with women, with you know peers and everything catch up to him mm-hmm. in With the workplace which would make which would make sense <laughs> that uh that he could have like that a really bad year and yeah. uh and then you know of course he's db cooper so what does it all matter sure exactly yeah, yeah. it's the river money's lost he's dead it's interesting <laughs> it's he? interesting though because he does seem uh, you know emotionally uh, i wouldn't necessarily say healthy but he seems the happiest he's been in a while and yeah. he's He's come to terms with his past. You know, he's kind of casually talking about his whorehouse upbringing, which, you know, he never has before. As you do. So I wonder what the fuck. But (laughs) I also found it interesting that, uh, well, not interesting, but interesting as to where Don could go. Is that Jessica Perret is still in the credits? Right. Uh, And they hinted that she's going to be back. So I wonder what that looks like. I hope she's not Sharon Tate still. I thought we were done with that. But Mm -hmm. um, there could be some complication there, I think. All right, well, we stay tuned. See. John, uh, when are we going to see our first promo prognostication? <laughs> How's that? How are you going to fit that into your... Uh, we'll talk off air. You know, I don't want to I, I, I like, uh, commit you to anything right now. We but. definitely have an open slot on Fridays, just saying. Just saying. I'm, look, I'm looking into the crystal ball, Dave, but it's, it's cloudy at this point. Uh. You know. <laughs> Is there a plane? 
Hi, Livy. Hi, Mom. We just finished watching Season 8, Episode 12 of Face Off. Okay. I didn't realize it was Episode 12. Yes, already. Already. Can you describe the challenge for me? Today they were making lots of dolls. Just regular dolls? No way. (laughs) What was special about these dolls? They were creepy and evil. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who is your favorite creepy evil doll? Darla was my favorite creepy evil doll. What did she do? She made a porcelain doll. Mm-hmm. And the porcelain doll, um, the little girl dropped the porcelain doll. And she has a magic mirror. And she's so angry that anytime anyone looks in another mirror, she uses that evil magic mirror to defeat them. I see. And who was the winner this week? This week, Darla was the winner. Yeah. Hers was really cool because she made a lot of... Um, gro- cracks. Yeah, a lot of cracks, and she did a cool treatment with the paint. Well, that's because the little girl dropped her. Yes, that's why there were cracks. And who was the loser this week? Adam. What did he do? A giant baby. But was it really a giant baby? Uh, not really. No, it was weird. It had, like, one baby arm stuck to it, but it looked like a black monster was coming out of the doll, sort of. Yeah, and it looked like an old pirate instead of a baby. Mm -hmm. A total opposite. Yeah, it didn't look like a doll at all. No, looked like an old man dressed as a pirate pretending to be a baby. Yeah. (laughs) There were a lot of choices for dolls. Which one did you think was the cutest? What do you mean? Well, they had they had um, a ventriloquist mannequin thing. What? The ventriloquist. <laughs> Remember, I told you about the guy. Who, oh yeah. Yeah, puts his hand in the bow, puppet. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, and doesn't move his mouth, but makes the puppet talk. And then there was the baby doll, and the porcelain doll, and the rag doll. And um, I think I liked the rag doll. Yeah, the real rag doll, not Emily's real rag, rag doll. Yeah. Do you think it would have been fun to cuddle? Emily's ragdoll? Yes, if it was a doll and not a human. (laughs) Yeah, she made it a little creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would like holding one of my dolls other than a Rosalind doll, like um, a stuffed monster instead of that, because like a stuffed monster, like a guy from Monsters, Inc. is fine. Yeah. Um, Why do you think some people find dolls creepy? I don't know. Maybe the doll has something they're scared of in it. Or maybe they're just scared of some types of dolls. Yeah. Do you find dolls creepy? No, not really. No. Do you think Ellie finds dolls creepy? I don't think she does. She plays with dolls all the time. Yeah. Do you think Dad finds dolls creepy? (laughs) Um, no. What about Tara? Uh, no. Do you think Dave Cole finds dolls creepy? If he was being silly, yes. Yeah. Do you you think he would serve the doll fart tea? Yeah. 
probably. Yeah. Probably farty. Yeah. Like that time when you said Dave Call made me special apple juice and it said farty <laughs> right on the cup. What a goose. <laughs> Thanks for speaking with me this week, Liv. You're welcome. Do I have to explain farty? I feel like I've explained I feel, I it already. I can't remember if it came up on the podcast or not. There, uh, Ellie, when um, Ellie and, and Liv. Liv were here over Christmas, they were having a uh, like a tea they had party. A, yeah, Dave had bought them a party. little tea party set. And uh, they kept on asking me to drink some tea, and I did. So I said, oh, I'll make some tea next. And I made fart tea, and I kept the joke Pretend going. Pretend fart tea. You didn't actually fart in their cup. No, no, no. And, uh, or did you know, he? I was serving to know. him. They started drinking. I was like, do you like it? And I was like, yeah. I was like, it's fart tea. And I kept on going on. And then they kicked me out of the tea party. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they <laughs> actually made me leave the room. <laughs> and uh, then it, became... it ended up being a runner for, the whole, uh, yeah. for their whole visit. So fart tea's a thing now. It's time to go around the dial, and Tara is our first stop. Well, it's over already, the slap. Alas, we've seen our last still photo or flashback or GIF or, well, no, the GIF will live forever, but of Zachary Kinto slapping the shit out of a little too long-haired kid who's breastfeeding way too late in life. Um, In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, obviously. Uh it uh, ended in a completely anticlimactic way with everything hinging on the kid who took the picture and he had this whole tragic backstory, which who cares? And the judge <laughs> saying that he, the judge saying that the whole, the case comes down to kindness as opposed to whether parents have a responsibility to parent their children such that other members of the community don't have to get involved and take baths away from them. It was really a bullshit ending basically. But what I never noticed, and I kicked myself for it until last night when we were rewatching the uh, Two Bad Neighbors episode of The Simpsons, is that this entire eight-episode season of The Slap basically has the same exact plot as The Simpsons episode when George W. Bush moves across the street, Bart ruins his memoirs, and George W. Bush spanks him, and then it escalates into a whole prank war back and forth between George W. Bush and Homer over whether this is acceptable behavior for a former president or anyone else. That's exactly what the story is. And the slap would have been so much better if it had just been about like Rosie and Gary versus Harry just like fighting back and forth for eight episodes over who was ultimately right, except we all know who was ultimately right. Harry! The slapper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to John. Uh, so speaking of shows that, uh, <laughs> that feature kids, uh, speaking too late, breastfeeding too late in life, yes. uh, I would like to talk oh. about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I was one of those people who didn't watch Game of Thrones for the first four seasons. It was one of those, I figured, oh, I'll get around to it. You know, how good could it be? Blah, blah. But, uh, two separate friends of mine were so bummed out that I didn't watch it <laughs> because they thought I would like it so much that I finally gave in. And of course. I love it. It's great. Um, and the reason I want to talk about it, obviously, is because it's premiering next week. Um, we will have more talk about it next week, probably. But yes, continue. of course. But uh, they've released a couple of trailers that look really good. I don't know if it's a uh, spoilery to talk about trailers that have no been trailers out for are a while. Fine. But no, no yeah, trailers but, are fair. Game. I mean, I'm super psyched just uh, that uh, Varys and Tyrion are. Uh, look like they're going to go try to link up with Daenerys because uh, Daenerys, I feel like, is the one, uh, not having read the books, I feel like she's the one that's going to take the Iron Throne. But 
she's been away for so long and has had no link with anyone from Westeros that I'm psyched that uh, they think she's the horse to bet on at this point. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Game of Thrones. Spoilers ahoy. Dragons. Ahoy. Ahoy. Um, (laughs) I've watched the first episode of the the next season. We got screeners for it. And and actually, we got like four episodes. Yeah, shout out to uh, John Kwiatkowski at HBO, who's really hooked us up this year. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so I watched the first episode. Uh, Just two things, not really big spoilers, but one, there's a really great visual of uh, Tywin. Uh, yeah, with the, you know, like stone eyes, you know, like basically their version of coin eyes that really creep me out. And oh, uh, man. two, and I think it might be a first for the Game of Thrones TV show. There's a flashback um, hmm. and um, with uh, Cersei as a kid and sort of like where shit starts with her hmm. or at least an, 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 a, a formative episode of her life. Anyways, I thought it was interesting. So I uh, get look, uh, look forward to that. And spoilers. Now the season five Game of Thrones premiere. Spoilers are at an end. Now we go to Sarah. <laughs> wow, that actually segued really nicely. It really did. Musically. <laughs> Good job, team. Um, I wanted to talk apropos of uh, our boy John Kay at HBO, who got me the Sinatra All or Nothing at All screeners, uh, about how apparently we're in a little mini golden age of musician documentaries right now. Uh, Sinatra is a two-part, two hours each uh, documentary that's been on HBO as we record this. The first part was last night. Uh, the second part is tonight, Monday. Um, between Mad Men, Easter, uh the March Madness ending finally. Um, Passover. I think, yeah, I think people are not prioritizing caring about the chairman of the board, but it'll be on <laughs> HBO Go. It's a great sit. My coverage of it might seem hypercritical, but it's only because I super loved it and actually wanted it to be more like seven or eight hours. It was yeah, like, how come are... you skipped over this thing? Like, but <clears throat> people are saying really that on good. the boards too. Yeah, it's really good. It's like, engrossing and if you like sort of mid-century design uh like the fonts the tiny little martini glasses the circle pins it's it's all there for you (laughs) um but it's not the only it's not the only recent um musician documentary that's been acclaimed uh our esteemed colleague and blanket ship chair occupant mark (laughs) blankenship really likes that backstreet documentary um my Twitter friend Kevin Smokler sent me the Kansas documentary that was really excellent. Uh, there was the history of the Eagles from last oh year, God. which was brilliant. People, I feel like that one keeps getting rediscovered because, like, there'll be a burst of people on Twitter like every three months just going through and watching it and geeking out all over it for sure. Yeah, and that was me and smokler recently that he's like the what now i was like um sir you are getting this gifted to you on (laughs) itunes so we had our like co-nerd documentary switch but yeah there's a lot of and then itunes can always recommend like similar um similar projects that are also excellent so it's really cool for a documentary nerd uh who can't sing to uh (laughs) see all these awesome nonfiction projects coming out about musicians and i totally recommend borrowing a friend's hbo go login and watching the sinatra one it's really good i feel like we'll never get ahead of this but let's talk about the reboots aplenty that are going on in the tv sphere right now 
Uh, Twin Peaks, the It's Happening, but probably not with David Lynch project over at Showtime, which we found out this weekend, which it also why may bother not, it may David not happen. Lynch. Yeah. Uh, but technically right now it is still <laughs> as of this recording, not dead. Correct. Um, but David Lynch said he's out because Showtime wouldn't throw enough money at it, which is totally fair. I assume he meant at the production as a whole, not for himself. Who's um, to say? But yeah, who's to say? But still, uh, Twin Peaks without David Lynch sounds like a loser project. So hopefully they just won't do it if he's not involved, because that would be kind of sad to see it go from season one to eh, season two and then to, you know, this other thing that they're going to do. Right. Um, we got coach which is oh, which get, who wanted a coach uh, i'm gonna tell you i think netflix, who wanted the first one no one well really here's mad. my theory is netflix is trying to like uh shore up their numbers outside of the east and west coast mm. and it's an appeal to the middle perhaps and people under 80 yeah seriously can uh, i make a confession though when it used to be on in syndication i used to watch coach and it's not terrible I'm sorry. I don't care about Craig T. Nelson or football, and yet somehow that show worked on me. I don't know why. Continue. <laughs> uh, we have Full House. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Again, a show that feels like the only people who watch it are people that watch it ironically. Like, why not Save by the Bell? But then again, why not Save by the Bell? Hmm. Continue. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the X Files previously. Mm-hmm. Now, now there even now there's some like buzz about what's going to happen after this little six episode stuff. Maybe something else, you right. know. So we're even getting like the next generation of the reboot show talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think also this week we had the Muppet Show mm-hmm. in some form uh, being rebooted. Um, I feel like that one's one that like. It just burbles up from underground like every 18 months or yep. so, whether it's yeah. actually valid or not. It's just mm. a thing that happens. Well, and then you have these like little tiny failed reboots of the Muppet show, I feel like every 10 years. They had Muppets Tonight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the movie, you know, the movies the first came, couple of came movies. and go. Yeah. Anyways, so all this reboot talk, it just reminds me of the TV to movie. Uh, plague of the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. where like for every fugitive you had like 10 or 15 Beverly Hillbillies or <laughs> yeah. Dragnets yeah. or Lost in Spaces. Oh, Live action Flintstones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two of them. And it's just like too easy Ooh, yeah. of, um, of, a, of a thing for executives to do, right? Because like the marketing is already halfway done. You know, you have so many things going in your favor for a launch but they hardly ever execute on the project. Yeah. And the deeper they go into the back catalog for these things, the more horrific they're going to get. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm on board for X-Files because I think like a continuation of that story years later, uh, past the alien um, date, you know, because remember, if they're going with today's date, mm-hmm. we're already a couple of years past 2012 when right. it was all supposed to happen, right? Right. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And Twin Peaks could have been interesting too because that was such a bizarre, weird thing. It's such a singular entity in television yeah. that to see David Lynch pick it up again 25 years later, like they said in the show, mm-hmm. would be interesting. Yeah. But now, you know, like what are we going to get next? You know, like who knows? Like we're going to get... Like stuff like like you know here's the Riptide remake and reboot we all wanted and you know like it's just going to get Stop worse. Guessing and worse. Riptide, Dave. This is game time all over. Small again. wonder. <laughs> but I I mean I do think that it's 
I feel like recap culture is partly to blame for this mm-hmm. because it's easy to convince yourself if you're a TV executive, you can find support for just about any property if you just look hard enough on the internet and be yeah. like, well, people are talking about this all the time. And like, you know, shows that our site included, not that I think we're driving the conversation, but like going back through older shows and doing a rewatch and talking about it makes it seem like anything um, is potentially rebootable, which if anyone is looking at rags to riches, it is not. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's add Veronica Mars to that too. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Right. And that was an, another successful one, but yeah, that was a little different because that was fan driven, right? I mean, that was a project that was funded by fans. Mm-hmm. So it sort of had its audience baked in. Yeah. I don't know. These ones just seem kind of chancy and I just like, let's not go too far overboard with this Hollywood, please. All right, it's time for the canon. John Ramos is going to make a pitch for what? Uh, I am pitching Oz, season one, episode four, entitled Capital P. Huh! <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> very in keeping with this episode. Um I feel like Oz is a forgotten show. Um, I never really, really hear discussion of it these days. Uh, you know, when people are talking about stuff like The Wire, you know, and beloved shows that they need to catch up on. Not that this is on the same level, um, probably because it got pretty soapy and forgettable as it went on. But I thought the first two seasons were really strongly plotted, uh, featured very memorable characters, and still managed to take on some major issues, as in this episode, which deals with the death penalty. Um, prior, prior to this, there had been a style of violence, excuse me, between the wise guys and the African Americans, starting with a pilot, which ended in a very grisly murder. Last episode, thanks to my personal favorite puppet master, Ryan O'Reilly, <laughs> uh, Jefferson Keene, a black criminal who found a law under Saeed's mentorship, killed a couple assailants in self-defense. And now he's on death row, uh, standing to be the first person executed in the state of New York in decades. Uh, Governor Devlin, whose character is loathsome as uh, Zeljko Ivanik is awesome in his, his performance, sets the stage in clip one. The mood in this country has changed. People are sick of crime, sick of being afraid. They need a sign that something's being done. Even, Governor, if it's been proven that executions have no effect on the increase or decrease of crime whatsoever? Especially if it has no effect. These days, murders are random, uh, senseless. Maybe the punishment should be, too. So it's worth noting <laughs> that Glenn gives uh, Devlin yeah. an amazing side eye after that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, I made a so, note about that. <laughs> um, but in the wake of this, the beloved sister Pete, played by Rita Moreno, uh, declares her intention to stand with the protesters against the death penalty, and Glenn immediately fires her because he is the worst, except for McManus, who is the absolute worst. <laughs> and uh, is his usual cauldron of impotence for most of this episode, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a little montage of everyone gossiping about everything that's happened lately, which I always found a realistic turn. Like, what what else is everyone going to do but talk about each other in this prison? Um, there's a little bit with Ribido, who, as it turns out, was the last person attempted to be executed in uh, in the state of New York. And there's an ironically cheery bit with Jailhouse Rock playing. Um, it's ironic in light of what's to come later. Uh, but the, the plot starts moving along when Beecher, um, in one of those early decisions where you just wanted to slap some sense into him defies Schillinger and in trying to help Keen with an appeal. Uh, he 
finagles uh, himself being put into protective custody, and that leads to clip two. I killed Martinez. Well, why didn't you tell the lawyers that you were set up? Look, Johnny Poole's killed Dino Ortolani because I told him to. Now the wise guys know that. Now they want me dead. If they kill me, one of my homeboys is going to kill them. And then they're going to kill another one of my boys. And on and on and on. My death can put an end to that. Not necessarily. Look, if I die, I feel like I might go to heaven now. But if I go back to heaven city, I might go back to my old ways. I may lose my faith and my soul. I'm at peace right now, Beach. Please don't take that from me. Look, I'm not responsible for your soul. But as a lawyer, I am responsible for justice. I don't need your cooperation to file an appeal on your behalf. Beecher, please don't. It's something I have to do. Shut up, Beecher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, he aborts this idea uh, pretty soon after this. Um, so Saeed, uh, Keen's, uh, you know, mentor, uh, spiritual mentor, um, gets to confer with uh with uh keen um this is iman walker's i think iconic role it's what i associate it, uh associate him with uh his heart condition that acts up will turn out to be a running thing throughout the series um keen's gay brother visits him they talk about their father it's very moving uh they also get the news that their sister is di- is dying of kidney failure so there's a whole subplot with uh mcmanus asking mukata to get the cardinal involved etc etc but uh what you need to know is Ryan is the puppet master. Uh, he <laughs> this juxtaposition I really like. There, there's an anger management uh, seminar, and there's the, then a smash cut to Adabisi and Wangler like <laughs> using everything in the kitchen literally to like beat D'Angelo up and put him in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, what was uh, that, that thing they that put him in at up. the end? What was that? I think it was like, it a, like a, a, dish? An, a di- an industrial dishwasher. Oh, like yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Fast moving thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, then we get to Alvarez's baby subplot. Um, his baby is also dying. You know, people have a lot of medical problems in this episode. Uh, he gets leave to visit him in the hospital, um, and he does duly get taken off life support and dies, and that leads to the next clip. You're right. I feel better about myself. I mean, I never thought that I I love a baby with all my heart. And I, I, you know, I never loved anything before in my life. So it's like, like, open up, like, whole, whole new me. (laughs) That's, that's important, right? Figuring out who you are, you know, and, and, about about yourself so you know i know now well i'm real glad well you know i i would all to you well i gotta go hey father where was god when my son died same place he was when his own son died. Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping out of the plane. 
Oh my god. Um, my first reaction to Mukata's closing line there was that it's a little bit glib and inappropriate, but then I realized that Mukata really doesn't have a better answer. And I picked that clip because while everyone's having a very tough episode, Mukata's really in the thick of all the stuff that's going on and is being pulled in every direction and is really probably going to question his faith after this. So um, there's so much stuff in this episode I could, you know, I wanted to clip a bunch of stuff, but I had to cut it down. But let's move ahead to uh, McManus having gotten a fight with Gloria about the death penalty. Uh, ends up hanging out with Diane, who also has just had an emotional moment with Keen's dad. Um, and he asks her if she's going to watch the execution, and this is her rep- reply. I can't stand watching flowers die, let alone another human being. Closest I ever came was Bambi. Bambi? Yeah. My ex was a big hunter. He's always going off with his buddies, so I said to him one time, take me. Some complaining, he did. So I got out there in the forest with this uh, <laughs> this big honky shotgun, and I fired at a deer. Hit it dead on. So I uh, went over to this thing, and I leaned down, and this deer looked up at me with these eyes, these eyes like flashlights. I knelt beside it, and I held its head, and I whispered, I'm sorry. Then, like batteries going bad, the light in his eyes flickered a little bit and uh, went out. For the next two years that we were married, every time I walked into the den, I had to stare at that fucking deer's dead eyes. I had to dust them. When we got divorced, that's all I asked for, the deer's head. And I buried it. Uh, so that story is thematic, and it will become more so, but it's also one of the earliest showcases I can remember for Edie Falco. She's, like, terrific in this scene. Um, and it leads to possibly the most cringe-worthy worthy sex of the series, which is saying an awful lot. Um, <laughs> it's so like terribly memorable and juxtaposes so well with the horror of the execution. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) speaking of, uh, we move ahead to that. It happens pretty quickly afterwards. Um, You know, there are moments that are just so affecting. I mean, seeing Keen strapped in before the curtain opens, uh, you know, and you you get this one POV shot where the team coming in to, uh, to give him the injection is upside down. And it's just like, Oh my God, it's just, emotionally shattering uh but then the curtain opens and clip five you can make any statement you'd like i want my family to know that i love them and i believe that this punishes them more than it punishes me i'm so sorry for the three murders that i did And I wish, by killing me today, you could bring them back. My time on this earth has been far too short. Maybe too short to get it all done right. So, I'm ready to move on. Uh, 
so two things about that. Uh, first, the actor who played Keen was the same actor who was up on the cross in Madonna's Papa Don't Preach video. Yep. Thank you. I was wondering about that. <laughs> uh, was yeah. it that one or I thought it was, oh, was he also in Like a Prayer? Because he's in that one too. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I meant Like a Prayer. Oh, okay. that, that, was, that was a brain fart. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, so a little bit of a thematic tie-in, got to think. Um, <laughs> and the other point is just like in Diane's story with the deer, uh, what you don't see from the clip is that uh the camera as keen is speaking is closing in and eventually it's right up in his eye just like the just like the deer and the light goes out and it's literally the most wrenching and haunting image that i saw from this series and has stayed with me for you know however long it's been like over 15 years it's uh it's just so well visually crafted and affecting um but the episode is not done. There's another prisoner to be executed, played by Eric Roberts. It is most Eric Robertsy, yep. <laughs> all swagger, all swagger and misplaced masculinity. Um, I wanted to clip something, but the episode is so thick I had to cut it. But uh, the the point is, uh, he plays this killer named Richard Letalien. He killed nearly forty women all by strangulation. Um, Including him at this point is a bit uh, unusual structurally, I'll admit, because the Keen storyline is so emotional, you figured it would it would wrap the episode. But I credit the show for giving the other side of the death penalty argument, um, as even Mukata admits to Sister Pete that if anyone deserves to die for die for his crimes, it would be Letalien. And what better casting could there be for this role than Eric Roberts? I'll say it again. <laughs> um so now at the end, it's time for some exhausted reflection, and Glenn and Sister Pete bring it on home. Christ was executed, you know. And if he hadn't been, the world would be a very different place. A better place? I didn't say that. I want my job back. Okay. I don't have to beg. If it'll make you feel better, beg. I just want you to know I still disagree with you on the death penalty. Even for a cis like Littell? Oh, Leo. Thou shalt not kill. The Bible makes that pretty clear. You cannot take a human life for any reason. Yeah, but the Bible also says an eye for an eye. Which says to me that if you kill, you die. Seems to me God's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Maybe he's just confused about the death penalty as the rest of us. All I know for sure is no one's going to claim Italian's body, so we're going to stick him in a cheap pine box, stamp an ID number on the lid, and throw him in a hole at Pottersfield. There he'll be. But no one to grieve for him. I grieve for him. Yeah, no. That's why I love you. That's why I'm glad you're back. So to wrap up, I'd say there's plenty of TV that has made me think, but rarely does TV make me think about actual real-life issues, the stuff that people fight about personally and professionally even wrestle with themselves about. Uh, I think this episode manages to do that while servicing the characters really well. Uh, For only the fourth episode of the series, it's ambitious and assured. Uh, even Alvarez's baby plotline ties into the theme of the complicated morality of ending lives. And Hill's monologues, which I generally didn't have much use for, are on point. They're not particularly subtle, nor is a lot of the episode, but the the issue that it deals with is so big um, that it works for me. 
And uh, again, the image of just Keen's eye is so simple, and it's something I've never forgotten. Um, so that's why I think it belongs in the canon. And I throw it out to you guys. Awesome submission. I had Thank not you. revisited the show, I think, until um, uh, until like since it went off the air until uh, now, because it just seemed kind of like once you'd watched it once, it was like complete. Um, it always was pretty uh, pretty on the nose, and you didn't like there wasn't a whole lot of unpacking to do. It pretty much unpacked itself and laid the whole suitcase out on the bed for you, but I really enjoyed this episode. I thought the acting was really good. I thought the writing was a little less, like, melodramatic. Like, some of the later seasons, it got sort of insane. I uh, would like to take a moment to appreciate B.D. Wong's uh, stricken-slash-disgusted face, which <laughs> he ca- is called on to make, like, throughout his career, if someone did a supercut of him trying to look compassionate but instead looking nauseated, it would be, like, three and a half days long. He's <laughs> always like... AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as four ninety nine a month with an annual membership, and you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now. I hear you. Um, but he's great here. Uh, Rita Moreno is great. Uh, that side eye from Ernie Hudson is mm-hmm. top side eye. Yep. And uh, that story about Whittlesey's ex and the deer, like on paper, that absolutely should not work. And also McManus is in the scene, which immediately, like two full letter grades off. But like I was... She was amazing. Falco was so good in that scene, and she totally sold it. Um, and despite certain camera angles involving McManus' head and Whittlesey thigh, which, oh, speaking of looking nauseated, um, I think this really is like a, this is emblematic of Oz, this episode. Like, in addition to being good and entertaining and fun to see Mayhem, like, in jail and almost 20 years younger, it was like, this is everything that was, that made Oz Oz good and bad. Hmm. I find this series 
is like a transition between stuff in the early 90s and sort of like, you know, the new golden age of television. Yeah. Where like if you split the difference between The Wire and like Star Trek The Next Generation, you would get Oz <laughs> as yeah. far as the writing quality and everything goes. Like yeah. for everything that you found affecting John, I found, I, I found it hokey. I found I, a lot of the, the metaphors and a lot of the staging uh, and the camera work was very, I, I, I don't know the best way to say this, very first AV project in some ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure. the, the, the plexiglass box with the words painted yeah. on it was sophomoric. Absolutely. But thank that's you, fucking hill for you. Whatever. Yes. yes thank you. That's that exactly the word I was looking for. Um, the um, death to the little death of orgasm bit. Uh, from the chamber to sure. McManus having an orgasm was really eye rolly to me. Um, also, was McManus having an orgasm like <laughs> must must be a day ending in Y blue? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Tar- when we're watching Tar, and not to steal Tara's point, but it's like, man, this is really stagey. Like, I forgot how how stagey this was, and and it, once you rewatch it, you're like, wow, this like I. I always kind of put Oz at the start of the golden age of, you know, new golden age, but I think it's more like really is a transitional thing. And it kind of like it's halfway there, but not all the way there. So it doesn't quite seem like uh, something I'd want to dip back into because it seems proto showy to me. Um, And to me, Oz is always going to be the man soap opera. It's like the Folgers Crystals man soap opera. You know, it's like, what are you watching there? Oh, watching a show, but you're watching a soap opera, dude. You're basically watching a office place soap opera where people get stabbed a lot. Especially when uh, Beecher Chris Maloney gets going. Like, yeah, that was the one thing this episode could have used more of was more Beecher yeah, Maloney yeah. bone. Yeah. That, I, I wouldn't say no to that. I, I didn't ever dislike Oz. I watched Oz and I think it was like an entertaining show for what it was, which was basically a man soap opera. And then sometimes, you know, they have smart things to say. Sometimes they don't. And it's just people getting swastikas tattooed in their ass. And that was the kind of show it was. And it was very much sort of like this HBO show from, Again, it's like this transitional thing. Even HBO, like they just do a lot of shitty, stupid stuff. And nowadays they're kind of known for just doing this top shelf stuff. And this is sort of like right in between for me. And uh, and I think it's like, I like this episode, but I didn't love it. I think it's good, but I don't think it's great. Um, I would say if you haven't watched Oz, give it a watch. Would it say it's canon worthy? Probably not. Tara? Uh, yeah, it is very stagey, but I, in the sense of like, it feels like watching a play. Like yeah. some of the people are better at this delivering this writing Absolutely. than others. And Sarah, Sarah pointed to the Whittlesey speech that John that was clipped. Great. That was great. she, but, but it's cut as Sarah says. It's because she is great. Mm-hmm. Like she, the way she. They they have you know I had to look at those eyes and then she's there she says I had to dust them and the way she Edie Falco just throws that away I had to dust them is like that's what makes that speech for me yeah. in a yeah. way I can't really put my finger on but like she yeah. she makes it feel natural, um, but and I also liked um, I thought the way that they they portrayed the sort of two perspectives on faith in a professional way between sister Pete and father Makata. Like, is it your job to protest the way she does and, you know, defend your faith that way? Or is your job to minister to people that need it the way he does? And so that's, you know, as a person with Catholicism in my past, that was interesting to me. Uh, Beecher is 
I've, I, I find it hilarious that you hate McManus so much because Beecher is that uh-huh. for me. <laughs> his eyeglasses alone in this episode oh yeah his whole like his his quest to get into death row it's like take it easy encyclopedia brown like he just was so (laughs) trying to crack the code of how he was going to get there it was just like it was it was a little much and when um shillinger calls calls him bitcher i was like yes yeah i I was like yeah kind of um and mayhem i love that you called him that because that's what he's exactly doing here he's just causing mayhem he's like you know chaotic evil really he was fun it's really interesting to see him after you've seen him and like for the longest time he was that guy yeah and now for me he's dennis he's duffy, dennis duffy totally. and so i keep on you know wanting him to say hey dummy you know when he walks into a room but <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's yeah it's kind of fun like he could have said hey dummy when he walked in on just about anyone in this yeah, episode <laughs> it would have worked probably true but and probably um, does in other episodes true but as much as uh i was like the at, by the beginning it's sort of you know made me itchy a little bit for the stagey regions that I said by the end of it I did want to watch more like it's so soapy and I think um having the L'Italien thing is at the end is no accident because it makes you like it propels you from the bummer of Keen to like what crazy shit is gonna happen next um and that's what I liked about it all right so shall we put it to a vote peoples all right well I will say uh no but not a hard no uh Tara um I'll say yes and Sarah I will also say yes. Uh, season one, episode four, capital P. You are hereby inducted into the extra hot great cannon. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. All right. It is time for winner and loser of the week. Tara has our winner. Our winner is Spike TV, which here's what it achieved this week with a million qualifications. Uh, Lip Sync ba- Lip Sync Battle was its most watched unscripted debut in Spike TV history. Dave and I watched it. It's pretty fun. There's not much to it, but I enjoyed it a great deal. And the first episode was between The Rock and Jimmy Fallon, so you can't lose. True. Um, the Rock was fucking great, obviously. He's led with Shake It Off, and it was amazing. So, um, yeah. Good for Spike for uh, taking lip sync battle. I'm kind of surprised that uh, given the Jimmy Fallon connection that none of NBC's owned why wasn't cable it, channels yeah. wanted or to Or why have wasn't it. it paired with Hollywood Game Night? Yeah, it yeah. would be. It, it's a very Ooh. Hollywood Game Night-ish in, in, in the good and bad senses of the yes. word. The judging is a little suspect. There's a lot of people turning their backs when they're supposed to be lip syncing. But, you know, <laughs> that's me being a stickler and not going along with the fun of it. Typical me. Yeah. And loser of the week? Uh, loser of the week, I hope, is the measles. <laughs> um, granted, it's SVU and all that that implies yep. and just says outright, but they're taking on anti-vaxxers next week and sure. I this week. cannot on Wednesday. wait. Sorry, as we record this this week. Yeah. So, yeah, last week's uh, Rolling Stone um, rape case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, UVA case. uh take ripped from the headlines was uh inelegant <laughs> as usual but sometimes that's called for and i think in this uh, the case of this particular issue it yeah. is called for agree guys you know what time it is regulation game time to jump out of a plane it is regulation game time <laughs> it is not time to jump out of a plane <laughs> but let's Will be real touch her Ha, <laughs> 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 oh.
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is the uh, first game time of the season. Tara, congratulations on winning last season's game time. Congrats, Tara. Thank you. Today's game time comes from none other than Daniel Rogi. Oh, oh dun, dun, dun. Formerly known as Dan Blau, a.k.a. DJB. DJ Today, he brings us Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Oh. Go on. In okay. Purple Monkey Dishwasher, you will be given a simple logline of a popular television show filtered using an online translator through 40, <laughs> 43 different languages before being translated back into English. <laughs> Amazing. All right. All of the answers are scripted shows. No reality, no game shows. Got okay. It. Yep. There are no hints. If you get it right, you get two points. Nice. However, oh. here's the DJB spin. Yes. The twist. If you get it wrong, there is a steal option. Oh. The person whose turn it is gets it wrong. The person with the fewest points can steal. Oh. All right. I like wow. it. Wow. So if they get it right, the stealer, they get one point. Nice. Oh, there wow. are 63 questions and a tiebreaker. Let's okay. throw it to Picky to see who's going to go first. We will start with Tara. All right, we're going to start with Tara. And Tara, mm-hmm. when you keep score, yes. please just uh, have who is in last place at hand. Okay. And just let us know when that changes so that the person who's in last place knows that they can steal. Uh, sense? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Are we ready? What's the rest of the order? Oh, uh, Tara, Sarah, and then John. All right. Okay. And they're, they're scripted shows from all eras, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. No, that's it. All right. Okay. Are we ready to play Purple Monkey Dishwasher? Yes. Kind of? <laughs> all right. Kind of? <laughs> all right. So, Tara, yeah. this is round one. Everybody's going to get a couple gimmies. Okay. Round one, Tower of Babelfish. Here we go. <laughs> In the country, the country, most people are struggling to manage a legend about a dragon. A legend about a dragon. Yeah. Is it Game of Thrones? That it is good for two points. Okay. Sarah D. Bunting. Yes. The girl whose role it is to kill the underworld, which is a risk factor for life and good friends. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That is good for two points. John sure Ramos. Eastern yes. city politics fills with corruption and both sides not drunk are right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you repeat it? I lost it. <laughs> Eastern city politics fills with corruption and both sides not drunk are right. Both sides <laughs> not drunk are right. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know. Okay, so we have uh, a tie. Well, John is in last place. So, yeah, so, but it like goes to try to, the, to steal for your, from yourself. John? It goes to the lesser person, but you, okay. you're tied, right? Yes. Okay, so we'll just call this one for okay. now. Okay, all, all right. right. That was Boardwalk Empire. Oh, sure. Both Wouldn't have guessed oh, that. Okay. Right. Not, Not drunk. drunk. All right, back to Tara. Yep. Congress doesn't work. Sneaky, sneaking wife. Dirty betrayer revenge man. <laughs> Congress doesn't work. Sneak, Sneaky, sneaking wife. Dirty betrayer revenge man. Sneaky, sneaking wife. Is this House of Cards? That's good okay. for two points. <laughs> All right. Sarah. Yep. This is already one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> it is recommended. It is recommended fourth that all young people must live on the Upper West Side. <laughs> oh, sorry, Upper East Side. Just, okay, okay. Yeah. All young people. It upper is. East side. It is recommended for. It is recommended fourth that all young people must live on the Upper East Side. 
Let's live on the Upper East Side. Friends? John. Oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, John I did, gets I did it. Know, I yeah. didn't know it. Sorry. You didn't know it. Okay. Yeah. My mistake. I got to <laughs> use that little twist. The DJ, <laughs> D, B, the DJ B twist. All right. Here's our last of the easy ones. This is for John. John. Beautiful female gossip with copulating or not. And that's because some olds find new ways to use it. <laughs> Copulating? Yeah. Is that I what you meant to say? What did I say? Copulating? Copulating, yeah. Believe it or not, I lost a word in there. Could you, could you Beautiful female gossip. With copulating Co- or not, that's because some olds find new ways to use it. Okay. Beautiful female gossip. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh Copulating, uh, I would think, is probably the keyword, but right. I don't know it, obviously. Keep in mind, according Sex to Dan, the these city? are the easy ones. Yeah! yeah All right. So, that was an exciting first round. Let's get the scores. <laughs> okay, Sarah and John are tied with two each. I have four. Okay. Round two, eat poop, you cat. Bortara. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sales of frozen pizzas in 1999 with Fusion 1000. Um, Sales of frozen pizzas in 1999 with Fusion 1000. <laughs> I have no idea. That's, that's a log line from what? I do not know. All so right. either of them can steal. All right. How does this work? First person to shout it out. Both get a guess, but whoever if somebody shouts it out first, they get the point. Okay. Uh, Two guys, Two guys a, girl, a girl, and a pizza, pizza place. place. <laughs> Both said the same thing. Both wrong. That was Futurama. Oh, okay. Futurama. Frozen and pizza. I get it. Yeah, and yep. 1,000. Yep. Right, of course. All right. To Sarah. Sarah. A member of the family to the extent that this is a serious problem. In the man and in the woman, it is not a secret event. <laughs> uh... In the man and in the woman, this is not a secret event. Yeah. For the fit, alias. I like that guess. Who gets the steal? John. 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 Can I hear it again? Sorry. A member of the family to the extent that this is a serious problem. In the man and in the woman, it is not a secret event. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Full house. <laughs> Transparent. Oh, Transparent. Okay. All right. So this is John's question, right? Yes. Way overthinking these. This information back a few years. Now with cigarette, director prepares for a personal question. <laughs> this information back a few years. Now with cigarette, director prepares for a personal question. The X Files. <laughs> All right. Sarah steal. can steal. Uh, uh, Mad Men? Nice! What? Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right, Tara. (laughs) Yes. My best friend was dead, and the living sheriff solves crosswords in the kingdom of Poseidon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Veronica Mars! (laughs) Neptune. Nice. Nice. Nicely done for two points. Very nice. All right, um, Sarah. Yeah. Spy and education play a role in protecting against higher software. Alias? Nice! Good for two. All right, John. In the list of names of people who want to ignite the fire in the infamous, there is nothing, nothing, nothing but the crew and more. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Enterprise. Steel. John is in. Who's the second? Sarah. Sarah. May I hear it again, please? In the list of names of people who want to ignite the fire in the infamous, there is nothing, nothing, nothing but the crew and more. Nothing but the crew and more. The love boat. This is not for any points, but is it Firefly? No, it's the comeback. Oh, okay. oh, the crew. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, remind me whose turn it is, please. Me, me. Tara. Yep. You are an agency of global crises with unqualified staff. With highly unqualified staff. I am not a traitor, but the royal often screw each other. <laughs> you are an agency of global crises with highly unqualified staff. I am not a traitor, but the royal often screw each other. Um, better off Ted. <laughs> Steel. John. Um, Agents of Shield. So oh, close. I like that guess. Archer. Oh, oh. Archer. Yeah, good guess. Dude, I would have gone with twenty-four. Interesting. Nice. All right, Sarah. Sarah. Yes. The head of the family. <laughs> what? All right, the head. <laughs> the head of the family and the breaded butler. <laughs> Widow of not president, daughter of the object. <laughs> All right, let me read that again for you. What? <laughs> the head of the family and the breaded butler. Widow of not president, daughter of the object. The, bre- uh, the breaded butler? <laughs> the breaded butler. <laughs> Charles in charge. Steal time. John. Breaded this butler. Can't- this can't be right, but Mr. Belvedere. Oh, I thought you were going to say. What? Benson? It's Benson. <laughs> oh, Benson. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> All right. This is for John. John. Modern. John, here's yours. Modern yeah, gold like... rush. Ready to work with good people. At least I'm sure it will be a success. Years, years. <laughs> uh, I missed the first word in there. Sorry. Modern gold rush. Modern Gold Rush? Yep. Okay. Uh, um... Modern Gold Rush, ready to work with good people. At least I'm sure it will be a success. Years, years. Oh my god. No idea. The Street? Steel. Sarah can steal. The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's some reality Catch shit. Fire? Oh, well. It's close. Silicon Valley. Oh. Oh. Uh. All right. Uh, back to Tara, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Warmly clothed, but the level of education and intelligence and social business networking is a must for the police for 20 red years. <laughs> uh, Fargo? There's a hint in there you missed. Okay, John Steel. Warmly clothed, but the level of education and intelligence and social business networking is a must for the police for 20 red years. I'm sorry, I have no idea. Red is the clue there. That's is it the, the blacklist. The blacklist. Oh, the blacklist. Yeah, oh, red. Blacklist. Yeah. All right, number seventeen. It's pretty good. Pretty good for Sarah, right? Yep. Yep. Balance in life between the father of the infrastructure of the club and motorcycle engine. <laughs> Sounds of anarchy. That's good for nice. two points. Nice. All right, John. 
Yes. A false alarm from a wealthy family as a rule. Problems in the family, ice cream booth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Arrested Development? Nice. Two points, Uh, yep. All right, Tara. Yep. The widow and the neurosurgeon in the city where he lives with his two sons of the mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Neurosurgeon, two sons. Uh, mm. Grey's Anatomy? Steel time. John? The uh, widow. One more time, please. Yeah, yeah. The widow and the neurosurgeon in the city where he lives with his two sons of the mountains. Two sons of the mountains. The hills? That is Everwood. Oh, it's true. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. So this is who's? This is to Sarah. Yeah. Okay, Sarah. The girl in the street again and again and again, including witnesses of the same suicide you see. The girl in the street again and again and again, including witnesses of the same suicide you see. I really don't see it all. Uh... Fringe. Not a bad John can steal. John. Uh, flash forward? Is Orphan Black. The girl ah. in the street again oh, and again and again. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is for John. For John. Finding extraterrestrial life in Moscow in the family of love. Love, love, love. <laughs> I love cats. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Bunting story. <laughs> Finding extraterrestrial life in Moscow in the family of love. Love, love, love. I love cats. Oh, my God. There's a good clue in that one. There's also it's like just, one thing that makes no sense to me for this show. It's word it's such a word salad, it's amazing. Like, uh I don't know. Alright, I get a chance to steal. Wow, alright. Is it Alf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alright, who's this for please? This is for me. It's backstage Bravo Nights of Comedy, participant in live Saturdays. <laughs> Saturday Night Live? You forgot scripted shows only. <laughs> steal. Uh John can steal. It's backstage Bravo Nights of Comedy, participant in Live Saturdays. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? It's the other one. Oh, damn it. There- <laughs> yeah, good guess, though. All right. For this, Sarah. Sarah, if the psychic waitress has the sale of the strange world of horror in Southeast lands in the box, good luck. Good luck part of it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> if the psychic waitress has the sale of the strange world of horror in Southeast lands in the box, good luck. In the, oh. Like a psychic waitress is probably the closest thing to a clue in that. Southeast. Uh, and yet. The psychic waitress. Uh, Alice? John can steal. Uh, I never watched the show, so I have no idea if this could even be right. But medium, nice, True Blood. Oh, oh right, True Blood. Oh. Right, those jerks. Oh, I never watched that. Okay, uh, this is for John. Thank you, John. Mum, quickly to the edge. We all realize that in order to succeed in life after the death, trapped in this smoky area. <laughs> area. All right, I'll read that one more time for you. 
Mom, quickly to the edge, we all realized that in order to succeed in life after the death, trapped in this smoky area. No idea. Sarah and I are tied. So all right, so first one to shout it. Sarah. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Oh. Shout. Smoky. United States of Tara. Wrong. Tara, you got one guess. Gotta make it quick, though. Alice! <laughs> Mom, quickly to the edge. After the death, smoky area weeds. Um, oh, smoky. Yeah. Right. All right. This is uh, Tara. To Tara. Mm-hmm. Dinner with family is great and big sales. When the string is connected to Hamburg, that's the town, uh-huh. it is best songs. Dinner with family is great and big sales. When the string is connected to Hamburg, it is best songs. Steel time. John. John. Got a guess? Uh, Glee? The city was Hamburg, but the show was Bob's Burgers. (laughs) Thanks, translators. Mm -hmm. All right, Sarah, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. This is a very good restaurant and very quickly absorbent. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very good restaurant and very quickly absorbent. Very, uh... (laughs) Quickly absorbent. Um, the place with the restaurant. Slap Maxwell's. What? John Steele. Alice. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, oh. All right. For John. John, this is the kind of agent investigating the death in the city of two tops at the most. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, chicka, where, where? I'd watch that show. But. <laughs> this is the kind of agent investigating the death in the city of two tops at the most. Two tops at the most. Uh, nope, not a clue. All right, Sarah and I are still tied. All right, shout them out. Twin Peaks. One ah! point. Hey. All right, so this is... Uh, to me. Two women, the coordination of hysteria... And work given small, small period of time. <laughs> Two women, the coordination of hysteria, and work given small, small period of time. Gilmore Girls? John can steal. Uh... <laughs> nope. Broad City. Oh, Broad City. Right. All right, Sarah. Coordination of hysteria. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Vicky. For Sarah. Yep. Once married eldest women who live with other people. Sweet cakes, fun, great. (laughs) (laughs) One more time with that. Once married eldest women who live with other people. Sweet cakes, fun, great. Sweet cakes. Sweet cakes. Eldest women. Golden girls. Nice. Good points. (laughs) All right, uh, for John. Women are victims of the end of the world. My prayer, my prayer, my life began again. Uh, women are victims of the end of the world? Women are victims of the end of the world. My prayer, my prayer, my life began again. Mm, nope. <laughs> All right, I get to steal. Yep. Big love? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, right path, sort of. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, uh. so everybody's last question before the next score break. So this is for Tara. Yep. The show is what it is. <laughs> Seinfeld? <laughs> nice. All right. Um, Sarah. Me. Rich is survived by his wife and five daughters, all who live in a castle. Rich is survived by his wife and five daughters, all who live in a castle. All who live in a castle. Interesting. Once upon a time. Good guess. John can steal. John can steal. Rich is survived by his five daughters, all of whom live in a castle. Yep. Uh, Nope. Got nothing. Just fucking rags to riches. It is fucking rags to riches. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) sorry. All right. Last question before our score break. This is question 33. Okay. Because of a small group of people is not interesting for a legend, old enemies allowed the destruction of the colonies. Um, is this right? Is it your turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, turn. Mm. Okay, John can steal. Uh, I need it again, please. Sorry. Because a small group of people is not interesting for a legend, old enemies allowed the destruction of the colonies. <gasps> is it the not interesting part that made you guess turn, Tara? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh. Walking Dead. Mm. Battlestar Galactica. Oh. The colonies. The right. colonies. We're, oh, wait. Why what? did it come back to me if now it's a scorebreak? That's what I asked before. Okay. It seemed kind of weird, right? Well, you're you first, right? A, you should have had a scorebreak after John, probably. I probably should. So you dropped a question. Oh, well, whatever. Point. Let's just do it. All right. Scorebreak. Uh, John has four. Sarah has nine. I have ten. All right. Just let me quickly go past, make sure I didn't miss any of these. Da, 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 da. No. I think you can give John one and then go back to me and then give John one. I think you just skip John. Oh, John. Well, j- we all went in the right order. It's just he forgot to call for the score break at the right time, I think. Oh, okay. That could be. Never mind. Ignore Let's me. Let's just go with that. Round three. Super Karate Monkey Death Car. Here we go. Poor Sarah. <laughs> Poor Sarah. An Amy series of famous divorce man, the two young girls. Okay, so an Amy, as in the name, series, and that's hyphenated, an Amy series. Okay. An Amy series of famous divorce man, the two young girls. The two young girls. Amy series of... Kate and Allie. John can steal. This one's Gilmore Girls. No? That's what I thought, too. No, it's Louie. Louie. Oh. oh, okay. I think the Amy series is some terrible translation. All right, so this is now whose? John. 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 The stories of those after being arrested with a lot of leaves. <laughs> the story of those after being arrested with a lot of leaves. <laughs> uh, Orange is the new black. Nice. That's good for two. All right, uh, Tara, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Need to get a grip on life after... All the 19 years in Georgia, the issue of trust is in this area. <laughs> is this The Walking Dead? Mm. Shit, John can steal. Need Rectify. to get a, 
That's good for one oh, point. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Nicely done. All right. 18 years. Got it. Yeah. Right. Of course. Okay, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. If a Democrat crane after two and a half centuries always has a secret, to <laughs> this led to the creation of the father. <laughs> Okay, if a Democrat crane after two and a half centuries always has the secret, this led to the creation of the father. <laughs> yeah, it makes as much sense as the show did. Sleepy Hollow. Yep. Nice. <laughs> All right, Tara. Yep. No, no, John. John. The former and future of the United States. It is assumed that everyone will be careful, except they're always not. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Except always they're not. <laughs> oh, yes. Really that's the yeah. critical difference. Yeah. The, the former, former and future... Pardon me? Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. The Here former and future of the United States is assumed that everyone will be careful, except always they're not. <laughs> no, I got nothing on this one. Okay, I get to steal. Is it Star Trek? Shit. Veep. Oh, okay. Veep. All right, uh, this is this. Me. Fatigue and weakness leads to copulation by 16 years of age. <laughs> um, skins? <laughs> okay, John can steal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We broke Sarah. Uh, uh, just, of course, skins is a good guess for a, a roguey game, I would say. <laughs> All right, John, got a guess? Uh, no, I don't. But. Is it the in-betweeners? It is Gilmore Girls. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sarah. Sarah. Yep. Uh, all right. This is a tough one. Back to school days of receipt. Where will he be? Her brother, her sister, so far south of Minnesota. Back to school days of receipt. Where will we be? Her brother, her sister, so far south of Minnesota. I, uh, Fargo? Okay, John can steal. So far south of Minnesota. Back to school, uh, days of receipt. Where will we be? Her brother, her sister, so far south of Minnesota. For one point, what's that show? Uh, I haven't, th- I haven't a clue. Oh, boy. Very disappointed in all of you. Tar, do you know what it is for no points? No. It's a little show called Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, oh, damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Restless Ghost of John Sears has blighted our uh, yeah. has blighted our fortunes. All right, John, here's, here's yours. Oh. <laughs> Comedy Wait, but... was that who was that for? Wasn't that Sarah's? Yeah, I guess Fargo. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, it's John. Sorry, steal, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yes, this I, is I for John. Yeah. Comedy vagina around 20 years because of the end of school. Comedy vagina around 20 years because of the end of school. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> Who's stealing? Me. The Mary Tyler Moore show? Girls. Oh god. Girls. It's really more like tragedy vagina, no? All right. Tara. Yes. Four young friends and their vegetables, Irish bar. <laughs> It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> points. All right, Sarah. Yeah. Heroes find their place in this world to learn how to use an external power source, which is good for solving common problems that affect the life of a teenager. Heroes? That's what I thought. John can steal. 
Can I hear it one more time? Sorry, Heroes but... find their place in this world to learn how to use an external power source, which is good for solving common, common problems that affect the life of a teenager. Roswell? Smallville. Oh, oh, wrong town. Ah. All right, uh, this is Sarah. It was right? Dan. I thought for sure it had to be Roswell. Um, no, that was Sarah's. No. So this is John's. Yes. Yeah. All right, John. Son of my father, the best friend of the four, say this inspiration was a long, long trip for you. Say this inspiration? Son of my father, the best friend of the four, say this inspiration was a long, long trip for you. <laughs> Fuck it. Roswell. <laughs> Sarah can steal. Uh, best friend of the four. Hmm, it's a long, best long trip for you. Uh, Heart of Dixie. How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> How I Met Your right. Mother. All right, Tara. Yep. The doctor and police, the killer, the killer, who said he wanted to keep the city and the punishment at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the following? John can steal. Sorry, I need it one more time, Dave. The doctor and police, the killer, the killer, who said he wanted to keep the city and the punishment at the same time. Gotham? That was my second guess. I'd have gone Dexter. <laughs> yep, it's Dexter. Oh, nice. nice. Good yeah. job, Sarah. Okay, uh, whose is this, please? Sarah. It's for me. The do- uh no that was what we decide. Very happy to see it's this sad way in California. Who is a member of a noble family of the color black? <laughs> Very happy to see it's this sad way in California. Who is a member of a noble family of the color black? Black. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Nice. What? How is it not that? I thought for sure that's what it was. It's not that. I'm shocked. John can steal. Wow, I, can I hear it again? I thought that's what it was, too. Very happy to see It's This Sad Way in California. Who is a member of a noble family of the color black? Sad way in California. I could totally see why you thought it was that. Uh, shit, I don't know. Six feet under. Oh. Yeah. All right. This is John, right? Yep. Believers and atheists, too strange and hard to understand, but I'm trying to find out the secret power you should avoid. Secret power. Believers and atheists, too strange and hard to understand, but I'm trying to find out the secret power you should avoid. Constantine? <laughs> Sarah can steal. Miracles. The X-Files. Oh, All right, this is Tatara's? Yep. Ambitious students and Professor Crime write some responsibility to change the group of the research and development. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, is this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Okay, John can steal. Uh, how to get away with murder? Nice! Nice! <laughs> Very well done. All right, Sarah. Yes. Are there people who live in the White House? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> uh, the, the West Wing? Nice. Good for two points. <laughs> All right, John. But you didn't answer my question. Are there? <laughs> if I die, if you know what music is, and not to the kingdom of God, martial alarm. <laughs> martial I, alarm? Yeah. Okay. If I die. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not. Hang on. The font's also Let me read that again. Was that? Let me okay. read it again. Yeah, no, I made a mistake. If I die, if you know what music is, and not to the kingdom of God, marital alarm. Oh, marital alarm. Yes. Marital alarm. Uh, That's a big difference. Still that now. Still that Joan of Arcadia? Uh, it's to me to steal. M- mad about you? Uh, if I die, die. Okay, that's one thing. Music, marital alarm, empire. Oh, uh, yeah. right. Of right. course. Uh, I totally forgot who's okay. Me. Okay, to Tara. Yep. What I see is high intensity surgical grace, which is open till late. <laughs> um, ER. Okay, John can steal. Uh, can I hear it one more time, Dave? Sorry. What I see is high intensity surgical grace, which is open till late. Antara said ER. Uh, yep. Um, Chicago Hope. Gray's Anatomy. Damn it. Yeah. All right. To Sarah. Yep. Two of the younger, a fat man with a spoon. For the first time, it could be friendship, though I hope to have a successful business if you don't get the money. Um, may I hear that one more time, oh, please? Yeah. You betcha. Help. Two of the younger, a fat man with a spoon. For the, for the first time, it can be friendship, though I hope to have the successful business if you don't get the money. I don't get the money. Uh, uh, uh. Modern Family. John Castile. <laughs> Felicity. <laughs> <laughs> Two broke girls. Two broke girls. All right, John. There is a difference in the city for good Indiana society. Parks and recreation. Nice. That's good for two. Back to Tara. Yep. This dream world of heart hospital and an intern's education of drugs and friendship. <laughs> um, house. Okay, John can steal. In Scrubs? The- yep. Nice! Uh. All right. To Sarah. <laughs> Press from too moral a point of view, and the results are surprised that you need to do a lot of changes, if any. <laughs> Press from too moral a point of view, and the results are surprised that you need to do a lot of changes, if any. Do a lot of changes, if any. Uh, uh, the newsroom. What? <laughs> Thanks, Sorkin. Everything. <laughs> Lee done. All right. That was nice. All right, John. Yes. Um, okay. More about what happened after drama in a musical scene, man. <laughs> uh, is this Smash? Nice. It is Smash. All right. This is Tatara. Yep. Uh, yeah, we did 
did screw up one. I'm missing one thing. All right, so, uh, so this would. So let's do our score break now, shall we? Then. Okay. Uh, I'm in last place with 12. John has 13. Sarah has 15. Ooh, this is a good Ooh. game. Yep, very good. All right, so everybody has two questions left. Then. Okay. All right. Here we go. For Tara. Yep. After. Nope. At least after the first war, the whole staff family, a few years ago. At least after the first war, the whole staff family, a few years ago. Um, uh, this is obviously not it, but home front. Okay, Sarah. You over- oh, sorry, John can see. You overthought that one. John. Um, Agent Carter. Oh, good guess. At least after the first war, the whole staff family a few years ago. Downton Abbey. Oh, God. Oh. oh. Right. <laughs> Sarah. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. Excellent repetitive past celebrities, and now they have to go to school. Excellent repetitive past celebrities, and now they have to go to school. Now they have to go to school. <laughs> Community? John can steal. No, wait, I can steal. You Clone can steal. I think you can, Tara, yeah. Clone I! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice! Correct. Oh, duh. <laughs> All right. Um, John. Me. This is John's. Yep. The teacher is diagnosed and is a student of medicine, and together they sold food. <laughs> sold food or sold. stole food? Sold. Okay, sold food. Okay. Sold food. All right. The teacher is diagnosed and is a student of medicine, and together they sold food. <laughs> yeah. um, house? Mm. Uh, uh, steal. Incorrect, Tara. It was Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Last questions, right? Yep. All right. Tara. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, one of the four students of communication in a hazardous area from the smallest Colorado is this community. Mm. All right. John can steal. Let me read that again for you, John. Yes, unfortunately, one of the four students of communication in a hazardous area from the smallest Colorado. Oh, God. Tara's kicking herself. Yes, I am. This is kind of an easy one. It is. From as small as Colorado? Colorado Smallest, yep. From the smallest Colorado. Four students. Got an answer? No, afraid not. Mm. South Park. South Park. South Park. Yeah. All right. Sarah, ladies, it is now necessary to protect his family back to the business of the company required to execute the law. Okay. Yep. All right, John and I can each have a chance to steal. All right. Fire away. Ladies, it is now necessary to protect uh, his family back to the business to of the company the required law. to execute the law. Uh, designing women. Incorrect. Now we go to the steel. Uh, it's me or John. Yep. It's a tough one. Uh, yikes. I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah. That is the good wife. Ah. wife. Alright, so here's our last question for uh, John, but let's get a quick score. 
All right, John and I are tied with 13 each. Sarah has 15, so John needs to clinch this in two to tie Sarah. Yep. Ah. All right. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> John, in Baltimore, if you go to the doctor, you know I'm not a cop. <laughs> the wire. <laughs> All right, that means it is time for a tiebreaker, and I have two. I am out of it. Tara is out of it. All right. All y'all. Are you ready? Oh, man. First person to shout the answer correctly gets it. After you shout one, you can't shout another until your uh, opponent has answered. Make sense? Yes. Okay, yes. here we go. It seems pointless details even to start a hurt, but it's not the child's fault. The slap. <laughs> that is correct. I had it, I had it coming. Sarah. 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 That show was good for something. That was a super fun game. That was great. Thank you, Dan. All right, everybody. Oh, that is it. Great job, Dan. For another episode of Extra Hot Great. We all grew out our period appropriate mustaches for the first <laughs> of the back half of the last season of Bad Bet and of an era. And speaking about creepy things, Liv filed her uh, face-off report on the evil Living Doll episode. We went around the dial with stops at The Slap, Game of Thrones, Musician Docs, and the Chronic Reboot Syndrome. And, get this, John successfully pitched us Oz's capital P for the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Sarah was the winners of uh, this week's uh, and season's first game time. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. All right. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> this is, we had about seven technical issues today and I'm kind of feeling it. Remember, we're listening. <laughs> I am David T. Cole and on behalf of Tara Ariano, let's go to Paris. Sarah D. Bunting. Groovy. And John Ramos. I hate to tell you, I'm notoriously hard to please. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. That's what she said. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Up. Right here on Next Hot Great. When we'll be jumping out of a plane. In fact, he'd been terrified of the very notion of prison since, as a young boy, he accidentally watched HBO's Oz, mistaking it for the classic Judy Garland musical. Eat it, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I knelt beside it and I held its head and I whispered, I'm sorry. Then, like batteries going bad, the light in his eyes flickered a little bit and uh, went out. For the next two years that we were married, every time I walked into the den, I had to stare at that fucking deer's dead eyes. I had to dust them. I'll fix that. <laughs>